Good morning, and welcome to Simply CRE. It's Friday, February 9th. On today's show, Northeast Florida's commercial real estate market continues to set records as a logistics center, while empty office buildings in cities are expected to see changes soon, according to a real estate expert. Plus, commercial real estate investment hit its lowest level since 2012 last year. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply CRE. We start off with a look at the industrial real estate market in Metro Jacksonville, which has set records in 2023. From speculative 1 million square foot buildings to smaller warehouses, the demand for space has been significant. Here to discuss this further is Abby, a correspondent for Simply CRE. Can you tell us more about this record-breaking year in Jacksonville's industrial real estate market? Absolutely, David. The demand for industrial space in Jacksonville has been driven by companies seeking to store and distribute a wide range of goods. This has led to a historic 7.4 million square feet of space being completed during the year, which is almost 44% higher than the totals for 2021 and 2022 combined. The year-to-date leasing total also reached a record 8.3 million square feet. That's quite impressive. And where was most of this activity concentrated? The West and North Jacksonville markets, which are the area's dominant industrial and warehousing areas, saw most of the action, accounting for 89% of the new deals. Despite the surge in development, vacancy rates remained relatively low, ranging from 3.1% to 4.6%, depending on the measurement method used by different commercial real estate companies. What about rental rates? Has there been any impact there? Yes, as you might expect with such high demand, asking rental rates have also risen. However, it's worth noting that the market is showing signs of peaking. Leasing activity and interest have slowed in recent months, and while rent growth is still positive, it has stalled. What can we expect going forward? Are there any concerns about overdevelopment? Colliers has reported that Jacksonville has not fallen victim to the overdevelopment seen in other markets, so vacancy remains low at about 3%. They expect this number to stabilize closer to 4 or 5% once the remainder of the in-process development pipeline delivers. CBRE, on the other hand, reported that about 4.7 million square feet in speculative projects are under construction as developers try to keep pace with tenant demand. They expect tenant demand to remain strong in 2024. What about larger tenants? Are there enough spaces to accommodate them? CBRE has reported that only 20 existing buildings and 14 in development can accommodate a tenant of more than 100,000 square feet. Only three can handle a 300,000 square foot user. However, there are buildings proposed but not started yet. Cushman and Wakefield has reported about 7 million square feet of space among 22 buildings is planned. Thanks for the insights, Abby. Now shifting our focus to the real estate sector, Empty office buildings are becoming a common sight in cities across the U.S. A recent study from the real estate firm Cushman & Wakefield reveals that about a fifth of U.S. office space was vacant as of the end of last year. Here to discuss this further is Celeste, a correspondent for Simply CRE. Can you tell us more about this high vacancy rate and why it matters? Certainly, David. 
The high vacancy rate is not just due to the shift to remote work. There are four main factors at play. First, there's been a lot of economic uncertainty since 2020, which has affected office occupancy. Second, the rise of remote and hybrid work has changed how companies think about their office footprints. Third, a lot of new construction has come online, leading to vacancies in older spaces. And finally, there's been an increase in subleased space as companies look to shed some of their footprint. What are the consequences of having all this empty office space? Cities and towns that rely on commercial tax revenue are getting less revenue due to these vacancies. Local businesses like restaurants are also seeing less traffic. However, there is optimism that these vacancy rates are about to peak and will start to come down. Why is there optimism when the work-from-home trend shows little sign of changing? There are two reasons for this optimism. One, job growth is expected to accelerate heading into 2025, with office-using industries taking up a significant share of new jobs. Two, many companies are changing their policies to have more people in the office. So we're likely past a lot of the cutting of footprints. But isn't there concern about all this empty space? There are indeed challenges for individual buildings, and investors need to be cautious. However, the office is a central part of the economy. Just as the retail sector redeveloped itself when it was over-retailed 15 years ago, the office market also has an opportunity to reinvent itself. In 10 or 15 years, we might look back and see that the office market has revolutionized itself in a really exciting way. Thanks for that interesting perspective, Celeste. Now, let's shift our focus to the U.S. commercial real estate market, which experienced a significant drop in investment last year, with capital flows into the market plummeting by more than 50% to the lowest level since 2012. Here to discuss this further is Michael, a correspondent for Simply CRE. Michael, can you tell us more about this decline? Certainly, David. In the fourth quarter of last year, investments in commercial properties plunged by 44% on an annualized basis to $81 billion. This brought the full-year investment total to $348 billion, a 52% decline from 2022, according to CBRE. This figure is only slightly above the $340 billion recorded in 2012. And which cities led in terms of investment? New York took the lead with $33 billion in investment, followed by Los Angeles at $30 billion. However, it's important to note that these figures represent a significant decrease compared to previous years. What about the different types of properties? Which sectors saw the most investment? Multifamily and industrial assets led the way with investment volumes of $26 billion and $19 billion, respectively. However, the real laggard by investment volume was the U.S. office sector, which only saw $14 billion in investment in the fourth quarter, a decline of 33% from the same period in 2022. Why has the office sector been hit so hard? The persistent work-from-home dynamics have boosted office vacancy rates to a 30-year high of 18.6%. Office values have seen the steepest decline among property types with CBRE noting that offices saw a 16% year-over-year price drop. Experts have warned that the office meltdown could result in $1 trillion of losses and that the market could take years to recover its pre-pandemic value. What are the implications of these tighter financing conditions for commercial landlords? Commercial landlords are indeed facing tighter financing conditions. As billions come due on commercial properties each year, 
owners must grapple with refinancing existing debt at higher interest rates. While rates are expected to come down in 2024, office landlords will still struggle with elevated vacancy rates. Are there any potential solutions to this issue? One solution has been to convert offices into residential properties, though not all buildings are suited for it. Since 2021, the amount of office-to-residential conversions has soared 357%. However, this is not a one-size-fits-all solution, and the commercial real estate market will likely continue to face challenges in the coming years. Thanks for the update, Michael. Now, let's shift gears to the world of commercial real estate, where transactions are always on the move. This week, we've seen a flurry of sales and leases across various sectors. Here to discuss some of the notable deals is our correspondent, James. Let's start with the big-ticket purchases. Harbor Group International LLC made a significant acquisition, didn't they? Indeed, David. Harbor Group International LLC purchased Ladora Modern Apartments in Denver and the Prospector Modern Apartments in Castle Rock, totaling 434 units for a combined $132.5 million. The properties were sold by the Garrett Companies. And there were other notable purchases as well, correct? Yes, Intermountain Electronics Inc. purchased an 80,345-square-foot industrial building in Commerce City for $12.2 million. East Creek LLC and JC Alameda LLC acquired the Intermountain Health Medical Building in Aurora for $734 million. And 44 West LLC bought a 4,140-square-foot freestanding office building in Wheat Ridge for $925,000. What about leases? Any significant ones to note? Several, actually. Scenthound leased 1,400 square feet in Lakewood for 10 years. CMC Tire leased 51,818 square feet in Aurora. Becom Constructors LLC leased 16,724 industrial square feet in Denver. Z-Trip leased 13,893 industrial square feet in Denver. And Jeffe's RV Service subleased 9,000 square feet in Commerce City for 22 months. And there were some smaller leases as well, right? Yes, Chase Mechanical leased 7,818 industrial square feet in Commerce City. Wave Behavioral Health COLLC leased 297 square feet in Aurora. Koala Insulation leased 2,150 square feet in Sheridan. And an MH LLC leased 1,704 square feet in Aurora. What about the deals reported by Kentwood Commercial Real Estate and Hoffman Lee? Kentwood reported that TMH Consulting LLC leased 12,821 industrial square feet in Inglewood and Terra Development Solutions LLC leased 1,408 office square feet in Denver. Hoffman Lee reported that Fifth String leased 3,233 retail square feet in Denver. Beatry Cremation leased 1,848 retail square feet in Wheat Ridge, and Rocky Mountain Restorative Prosthetics leased 1,085 retail square feet in Denver. And finally, there were some deals from Deeds as well, correct? Yes, Lafayette Coal Mine Retail LLC purchased properties in Littleton for $3.66 million. Alsco Inc. bought a property in Denver for $1.5 million. Pando Collective LLC acquired properties in Wheat Ridge for $1.3 million. 27972 Meadow LLC purchased units in Evergreen for $1.2 million, and 33rd Avenue LLC bought units in Aurora for $1.59 million. With all that movement in the commercial real estate market, we certainly appreciate the update, James. And on that note, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply CRE. We'll see you back here tomorrow.